podcast world. My name is Emily. I am currently a third year doctoral occupational therapy student, and I am in my final semester of school before graduating in May. As part of my final capstone project, I am making a podcast series that talks about neurooccupation to act as a resource for students and practitioners to help promote holistic plans of care for all patients. I thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope you find the content beneficial. A lot of what I'm going to talk about is in the context of occupational therapy. So for those who may not know what that is, I'm going to give a brief definition. Occupational therapy is a rehabilitation treatment that uses everyday meaningful activities to help a patient recover and return to to life the way they want to as independently as they can. Occupational therapists treat people of all ages in a variety of diagnoses. We work with children with various disabilities to help them gain life skills, and we work with older adults to help them maintain the skills they have. It is such a broad field, which makes it so exciting and beneficial to so many people. Now with that out of the way, let's dive in. Before we can talk about about neuroocupation, we need to know what it is. Let's break it down. The first part of the word is neuro. We know that means the brain. Our brain is made up of billions of neurons that are all connected to each other. We call these connections synapses. These neurons communicate to each other and that allows the brain to continue to function throughout every day of our lives. The second part of the word is occupation. It's what you do. All the things people want, need, or have to do are occupations. This includes everything from breathing and sleeping, to working, to spiritual experiences, to whatever else you can think of that you do on a regular basis. These are self-organized, self-determined, and are in the pursuit of life fulfillment and life purpose. Why do we do occupations? Because they mean something to us. Okay, we know what neuro is, we know what occupation is. So then by simple logic, neuro-occupation is the combination of neuro and occupation. But what does that mean? Neuro-occupation looks at how the occupations that we perform arise in the brain. How do all these neurons in the brain organize themselves to allow us to find fulfillment from what we are doing? It is the why behind occupations. It looks at how the brain and its neurological processes are dependent on our occupations and vice versa. Our brain determines what we are doing and what we are doing helps to shape our brain. So to review, what is neuro-occupation? In simple terms, it is the why behind what you are doing. It looks at the brain structure and processes and sees how they influence what you do and how what you do can influence the brain. Sound complicated? Stay with me, and by the end of these 13 weeks, you will be a pro. So why should I, as an occupational therapist, care about neuroocupation? Occupational therapy is based on the core belief that there is a relationship between occupation, what you do on a regular basis, and health. This leads to occupational therapists being holistic, looking beyond the diagnosis and beyond the impairments and at the person. As an OT, we are trained to look at everything. This includes participation in occupations, client factors, performance skills, performance patterns, and the context and the environment in which all of this occurs. OTs look at how all of these areas interact with each other to create your patient. As an OT, we know that humans need occupations. Occupations include activities of daily living, grooming, toileting, bathing, dressing, instrumental activities of daily living, cooking, cleaning, driving. It includes work, play, leisure, education, social participation, and last but not least, sleep. These occupations allow a human being to survive, be healthy, to function in their environment, respond to social cues. They allow a human being to do everything. 
occupations allow us to live our daily lives. Human beings are occupational beings, which means that each and every one of us require that constant engagement in activity or occupation to maintain health. This drive to engage in activities is even stronger when the activity is meaningful, like an occupation. Think about when you aren't able to shower or aren't able to brush your teeth. How does that make you feel? You probably feel like you are missing something. And when you get the chance, the first thing you do is you engage in that occupation. You go back and you brush your teeth. You take a shower. You engage in that occupation that you're missing out on. But what makes an activity meaningful? We know occupations are meaningful, but why? Think about why you do what you do on a daily basis. What are you hoping to gain by completing this activity? When you are just going through the motions of an activity, is that meaningful? Are you gaining anything? What, char what characteristics do meaningful activities have? If an activity is to be meaningful, it needs to be stimulating, both physically and mentally. Your body needs to be doing something. Your brain needs to be engaged in something. It needs to be stimulating. A meaningful activity is also usually fun or somehow psychologically rewarding. You're getting something from it, whether that be fulfillment or a sense of an accomplishment. You're getting something for it. It's rewarding. And then finally, a meaningful activity facilitates relaxation and reduces stress. Many times, meaningful activities produce flow. This is the concept that you are so absorbed in what you are doing that nothing else matters. The idea of losing track of time and not realizing that you've been doing something for so long goes with the idea of flow. When an activity is meaningful, you are more likely to experience the idea of flow. As an occupational therapist, this is why we use occupations in our therapy treatment. This is why our goals revolve around helping a patient return to doing what they want to do. Occupations are our tools in therapy. Occupations are a means to an end, meaning we use occupations in our treatment. We are working on brushing your teeth, getting dressed, doing what you want to do. But at the same time, we use occupations as an end in and of themselves. Patients want to get back to performing their everyday occupations. They want to get back to being able to brush their teeth by themselves. They want to be able to dress themselves. And that is what we as OTs are trying to help them to do. And where are these occupations stored in the body? What part of the body is responsible for allowing us to do these activities? It's the brain. So what do we know about the brain? The truth is there isn't a lot that we do know about the brain. We are constantly learning more information and figuring out what is going on. What we do know is that the brain is dynamic. It is not a simplified linear process. Sensory input leads to brain processing, leads to motor output. That's too easy. Our brain is not a computer that just goes through the motions, plugging in what's going on. Our brain is dynamic and chaotic. There's a lot going on, but what does that mean? There are two theories that help to describe how the brain learns, grows, and functions that I want to talk about. The first theory is complexity theory. Complexity theory has the idea that the brain is able to change and adapt when it is fed complexity. The food that the brain takes in is our daily experience. With, with complex experiences, such as occupations or interacting in a complex environment, the brain is able to learn, adapt, and develop to allow for increased complexity. Think of this as leveling up. Your brain learns how to complete one level and then is able to take on a more complex level. You level up. 
But what happens if your brain plays the same level all the time? In a complacent environment with decreased complexity, the brain will actually atrophy or shrink. It doesn't grow or develop. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, if your brain starts playing at the highest level right away, it is in a too complex of an environment. In a too complex environment, the same thing will happen. Your brain gets stuck. It doesn't grow, it doesn't develop, it just stays the way it is, it's stuck. The idea behind complexity theory is about finding the just right complexity that will both stimulate and challenge the brain, but will also allow the brain to be successful, resulting in growth and learning. We do this in occupational therapy all the time. This is what we call activity analysis and grading the activity. We don't want our patients to be doing something that's too hard that they're going to fail at, but we don't want them, it's not therapeutic for them to be going back and doing the same thing that they already know how to do. We're finding that just right challenge so that they're working on what they need to work on while still being successful. The second theory is chaos theory. Chaos theory supports the idea that from chaos, order emerges. Therefore, chaos is necessary for the brain to adapt, learn, and develop. Think about this in your own life. Think about a time where you felt that your life was on the edge of chaos. You may have had a lot going on, maybe bitten off more than you could chew. You may have felt overwhelmed and very unstable. At this point, you have two choices. You can either rely on an old pattern of behavior, do something that you used to do to handle it, or you can form a new behavior. Either way, your brain is going to change based off of your behavior and some kind of order is going to emerge you will adapt to a new normal. Somehow everything works out, and as a result, your brain adapts and learns from this experience. We see this in OT all the time, but in a bigger picture. When we first see a patient, something has happened. They are on the edge of chaos. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And we, as occupational therapists, facilitate. Do we do something the way they used to? Use an old behavior to create order? Or do we teach them a new way of doing this? Think about with someone with a stroke, with a hemiparetic arm. They're not gonna be able to get dressed the same way they used to. So we teach them a new strategy. We teach them hemi-dressing techniques so that they can get dressed in a new way and still find fulfillment by, by completing that occupation. So why am I telling you all of this? Why should we care about how the brain learns and develops? And what does this have to do with neurooccupation? We know that occupations are housed in the brain. We also know that our brain influences our occupations and our occupations influence our brain. Therefore, if we know how our brain grows and develops, we can influence that growth and development through our therapy treatments using occupation. This is what I'm trying to talk about through the, today and the next 13 weeks. Due to this, it is important that we consider each person's brain as we work with them. We want to promote brain growth and development. That is where neurooccupation comes into play and why it is so important to us as therapists. As a therapist, it is our job to make an effort to better understand the relationship between the brain and occupation. We do this by using evidence-based practice and best practice principles in order to provide the best and most effective intervention for our patients. We use our knowledge of neuroocupation to explain why we are doing what we are doing. We know that occupations are meaningful and we know that occupations influence the brain. Therefore, we use neuroocupation in every single treatment session. Now, this is just a brief introduction to what neuroocupation is and why it is so important to know about as an OT. I'm going to stop here for today. Next week, I'm going to dive right in. I am starting. 
I'm going to start at the beginning of how the brain is built and break down neuroocupation even further as we create the connectome. So I'd like to thank you for listening and I hope you will tune in again soon. Thank you. Thank you.